Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good morning, everyone, and welcome. It is Thursday, June the 29th, 2023. It is currently 11.06 a.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central Studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. And I almost said... Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's focus, but I've already done today's focus. So I just say, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Theology Central podcast for this Thursday, June the 29th, 2023 at now 11.06 a.m. Central Time. And yes, I'm still here in the Theology Central studio, and it's still located right here in Abilene, Texas. Abilene, Texas, where everyone should move. Everyone should move to Abilene, Texas, so that they could attend Victory Baptist Church, right? Okay, no, nobody wants to attend Victory Baptist Church. I understand that. I understand that. But I, I am grateful that you listen to this podcast, and we're very close today to a pretty big milestone, right? If we can get 800, I think 841 more streams and downloads today, if we can get 841 more streams and downloads before this day ends, we will have hit 200,000 streams and downloads for today, okay, which would be insane. We're 831 or 841 away. Um, I just got a notification from our podcast hosting site. Now, of course, they notify me going, look at how many downloads and streams you've had today. Guess what? If you were monetizing your podcast, you would be making this much money today. But because you don't monetize, you get nothing, absolutely nothing. And not only do you get nothing, we don't get anything because we, well, they want to, okay, you, you see how it all works. But hey, it would be cool to get to 200,000. They will send me a little, like a little badge that I can post, uh, I guess, on the internet saying, hey, they had 200,000 downloads today. But um, yeah, we're 831 away. I know not, you don't really care about that milestone. You don't, you don't really care. So if you don't want to talk about our possible milestone. If you don't want to talk about me messing up the intro, what would you like to talk about? I mean, there's got to be something out there we could talk about that would spark <sighs> controversy. Yes. I, I don't want to talk about anything to spark controversy. I don't. But we're going to have to talk about some controversy. But I'm going to do it in the most non-controversial way possible. But I will probably make some comments that's going to tick someone off. Let's talk music. Oh, no, 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 no. We cannot talk music. We cannot talk music because whenever we talk music, bad things happen, right? Whenever we talk music. Just be in a room with Christians and say, hey, guys, would you like to talk about music? I, th I think if you just say the word, if you're in church and say music. Music. 
Now, maybe that's not your experience in your Christian life, but it has been the experience in my Christian life. In my Christian life, the subject that is, it seems to have gotten me, well, I, put it this way, nothing has ever <laughs> led to a, such a response as music has in my Christian life. You say, well, that's ridiculous. L- listen, Many of you know, because of the way things worked in my childhood, it was a mess. My mother died. I ended up with a different family before she died. Oh, just, it was just chaos. I'm not going to go through all of it. But I ended up living in the church parsonage, right? I ended up living in the church parsonage. Uh, they had like a, right next to the church, this house. Nobody was using it. And they let me, they let me move in. Now, when I moved in, they didn't give me any rules about don't do this, can't do this, don't do this. There were no rules. There was no, there was no discussion on anything. Now, I'm a teenager. Living in the church parsonage. Very grateful for that. Did not know what I could or couldn't do. So obviously, I have my stereo equipment set up and I'm listening to music. I'm listening to that evil band, Foreigner, the album Four, right? Oh man, such controversy of this days. And I believe the name of the album was Four. Let me verify. Let me verify. It's been a very long time. I don't listen to Foreigner on a regular uh, basis. All right, hang on. Let me look them up. Hang on. I know it, t- it takes away. Uh, I know it takes away from the uh, you know the 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 drama of the story, but that's okay. All right, here we go. We look up. I need to look at their um, their albums. Here we go. Disco- here's their uh, studio albums, and it was called. Uh, hang on. I'm looking. Four, 1981, four. See, I got, look at that. My memory still works, okay? It's with the album Four by Foreigner, right? 1981 is when it was released, okay? So I'm listening to the controversial album Four by Foreigner. Obviously, I don't even think it's that controversial. Yeah, now, are you going to find some lyrics in there that won't be quote-unquote Christian, of course, right? Because it's, well, not made by Christians. It's not a Christian album. So why would it be put forth a Christian worldview or a Christian perspective, right? When you watch a movie, are you expecting it to be Christian? I would hope you don't because it's not made by Christians, right? If you're reading a novel, if you, I mean, I mean, on and on and on and on. If you're reading, watching a television show, if you go to a play, unless it's produced by Christians for Christians, it's not going to maintain a Christian worldview. So I'm listening to Foreigner Four, right? In the church parsonage, yeah, are you going to say it was it loud? Well, obviously it was loud. Okay. Yes. Especially at that time, because, you know, people actually had stereo equipment. They weren't just listening to music on their, you know, phone with a pair of air, you know, of ear, you know, earpods. They know they actually. AirPods, earbuds, you get the idea. They actually had stereo equipment. Remember those days? Okay. Maybe some of you don't remember. Okay. But, but I'm listening to it and I'll, like between songs, I hear this. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, I'm trying to listen to music. And I'm like, what is happening? So I'm like, okay. So I walk out of the room where the stereo equipment is and I turn towards the front door of the parsonage. Now it's the door with like a glass window. And all of a sudden, the glass window just smashes. And all of a sudden a hand comes in. Uh, It looks like something from like a horror movie, like the glass breaks. A hand unlocks the door, right? They come walking in. This person just comes straight at me, grabs me by my ear, pulls me out of the parsonage. And I am told you cannot have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and listen to that music. It was the pastor's wife.
the most insane thing I had ever encountered in my life. Utter, total insanity. And to tell me that I could not be a Christian because... I was listening to Foreigner. Once again, obviously we don't believe that we're justified by grace alone, through faith alone, because of Christ alone, apart from works, that we're saved by an imputed righteousness. No, 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 no. My salvation was determined if I listened to (gasps) Foreigner. For. Oh, no. Right? So that, 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 and that just started a long downward spiral of controversy and conflict with Christians and music, telling me I had to burn my albums, telling me I couldn't listen to it, telling me I wouldn't be saved if I listened to it, telling me I would be demonically possessed if I listened to this or this or this and this, Oh, yet telling me I couldn't listen to this music because it was secular and it had bad words, but they were watching movies and television shows that had far more explicit language than anything I was listening to, and oh yeah, it was secular, but hey, that didn't matter. It was just, I, I, I have a history of the insanity with me and Christianity and music. And and the reason it was such a conflict for me, I loved music and I love music and I always will. And I know, and I, and at this point in my life, I just don't really care what Christians think about the subject, right? Because I think they've proven to be, well, put it this way, hypocrites, contradictory, inconsistent, and borderline insane is how I've seen the the total insanity about music and Christians have just, it just drives me to the point of like, I, you can't, like, there's no, it's like, it's like they're, they're, they've lost all ability to be rational. And it just over and over and over, you can't listen to secular music, but you can watch secular movies. You can't listen to music that has explicit language. You watch movies that have explicit language. You can't listen to music because it has a beat that is demonic, but you watch television where that beat is present and commercials and even in the music within the show you're what are you talking about right i mean it's just oh just insane and and i could just tell story after story after story after story but i found myself in constant conflict now in the midst of all of that conflict i did want to be able to go well what can i listen to what can I listen to? And I was shown, in fact, what was instrumental in my salvation in many ways was there was a, a, radio, a, new, a new radio station in the local area, KGNZ, 88.1, KGNZ, the good news. It was a Christian radio station. And this was, you know, early on. And they started playing a lot more contemporary Christian music. I didn't know what this music was. I didn't understand what it was, but it was music. It was a new radio station. I'm like, what is this? What is this music? So I'd sit there with headphones. I would try to write down. And I remember taking off the headphones and driving from my house, which was in Buffalo Gap, Texas, to the mall of Abilene. There was a, a store in there called the Love Shop, and they were selling some of the music that was being played on KGNZ. And so I started buying some of these albums. And then they told me there was a concert coming to Hardin Simmons University, the chapel there. And the name of the band was Petra. And I was like, okay, I don't know what a Petra is. I don't know what a Petra was, but I'm like, I'm going to go buy their album. So I went to the mall. The love shop didn't sell Petra. The secular 
music store sold Petra because I guess at this point, Petra, the Christian world wasn't too happy with Petra. And, and it was really more the, the secular world that was kind of more embracing them. It was weird. I think, uh, I think Petra won a Grammy before they ever won like a Dove Award. It's really kind of interesting history. So I, I bought their albums. And I'm like, whoa. Okay. This. This is this Christian? Like, what is this, right? And I'm like, this is some interesting stuff, right? You know, uh, we can talk about some of the songs on, you know, uh, "Not of This World," uh, the, uh, uh, the the two albums, two main two main major albums. I don't remember the name of the second one. The second one had a Judas Kiss on it, okay, but I don't remember the name of the album. But I have them somewhere. But I started listening to Petra. I went to the concert, and that's where really it's almost like. That's when I started going, started, you know, trying to understand Christianity. And then, of course, it all, everything really comes into play when uh, I, I attend a revival service in, in Tuscola, Texas. But so I, so I was introduced to the world of contemporary Christian music and I started, I embraced it outright full 100%. I bought album after album after album, concert after concert after concert. And I just started trying to embrace this, this world because I was told this is acceptable. At least at this time, I was told it was acceptable. I was told that I was on the right track. Now, I didn't know that when I finally get to uh, Omaha, Nebraska, well, I lived in Bellevue, Nebraska, and I started attending a church in Papillion, Nebraska, that all of a sudden I would be told, no, contemporary Temporary Christian music, that's just as much of the devil as the secular. You cannot listen to contemporary Christian music and consider yourself a Christian because you're worldly. You're ungodly. You're listening to the music of Satan. And I'm like, wait, now, wait a minute. So my secular music was bad. Now my Christian music is bad. Can anyone tell me what I'm supposed to listen to for crying out loud? Right? It was insane. Now, I couldn't listen to contemporary Christian music. But I could go to Blockbuster and rent, I don't know, everything from Beverly Hills Cop to JFK. I could rent any movie I wanted. I could I could watch college football all day, but I could not listen to contemporary Christian music. And I'm like, what in the world? And so it was just, my, my life was just never ending conflict. And my relationship with the contemporary Christian music world was kind of a love-hate relationship, right? On one hand... I love that Christians were trying to convey a Christian perspective through the use of music. I love that. But I felt like so much of it was, hey, if you like this secular band, here's our cheap ripoff. Here's our cheap copy. Like, hey, you know, don't listen to Bon Jovi. Listen to this. Don't listen to Led Zeppelin. Listen to that. And it's like, this, this is pathetic. I don't, why do I want a karaoke copy? Like, I would rather the Christians be creative and not follow the trends of the world and just create their own sound, their own, in other words, make Christian music really its own genre. And I don't even really consider a lot of contemporary Christian music its own genre because all they're doing is like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, boy bands are in. We need some Christian boy bands. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We've got, uh, we got female singers sounding like this. Hey, we need three female singers to sound. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We've got hair bands and, and metal. We need some metal. Oh, wait, wait. Rap is showing. We need some people who can rap. And it's just like, just, hey, look at them. Copy them. And I'm like, I didn't like that. I'm like, if I, why, why use the cheap ripoff? Why use the cheap imitation copy? I'll just go listen to the original. 
And then as I became, you know, going to school and becoming more and more theologically understanding, the more I grew in my understanding of theology, a lot of times I'd be like, some of this music is so theologically whacked, it's not even funny. So, like, I can't listen to secular music, but I'm supposed to listen to music that's still logically like a train wreck of epic proportions. Or you would find out that the people who are making the Christian music, many of them didn't even go to church. Okay. They, they didn't even go to church. And you would l- read interviews from them and you're like, whoa, what, what is this? And so then I was like, this whole Christian music world is just a mess. And I didn't understand it, was confused by it. And I felt, and, and I, I became almost, I became almost, uh, frustrated with, I felt like everyone condemns this music, the secular music, while they all watch their secular movies and secular television shows and their secular sporting events, but I can't go listen to music. And then, then certain Christian music was like, you can listen to this, but you can't listen to this. And it was like everyone was shoving down my throat what they, their views of Christian, of Christian music or music. And in many cases, just ripping verses way out of context. So I really became very frustrated with the entire world of Christian music. And then as Christian music has kind of evolved, it's turned more into, well, the kind of the Christian music industry kind of collapsed in on itself. <clears throat> I did. I think their major downfall is they didn't see that music was moving to streaming. And I don't think they took advantage of that. I think, I I think there's a lot of problems with that. Another major issue is most of the Christian labels did not maintain, they, they, they were bought out by secular labels. And then the secular label was like, here's our Christian music division, but it was owned by a secular company. Like I didn't feel like the, the Christian record companies, they just maintain their purpose and their vision and then say, now we got this new thing called streaming. Now we can reach anyone ever lets you, but they, they seem to be resistant of the streaming. And then once they were bought out by the secular company, the secular companies, I felt, just kind of put them to the side. The whole, the whole industry just kind of collapsed in and on itself. And then it became every, every Christian artist now became a worship artist, and every worship album sounded like the other 72 before it, you know, and then you got a lot of, you know, six words repeated 600 times, and you had a lot of issues with everything. So I, I have very much a love-hate relationship. I loved, there was times in my Christian life, some of those Christian albums were very important to me, right? Because they were speaking about their faith, my newfound faith, and music that at least I liked and appreciated. And it was very challenging and very convicting, and I was very appreciative of it. So there's, I still have fond memories of certain, of, of many Christian albums. I do have some fond memories of them and just how they made me feel hearing things about the faith being sung because music speaks to me maybe more so than other people. But I have a, a love-hate relationship with it. So typically, I don't try to say much about music because if I talk about secular music, I'm going to get I'm, people are going to get ticked off. If I criticize Christian music, people are going to get ticked off. So to me, the best thing to do is just like if I hear the word music and Christians, I'm like, I'm sorry, I got to go. My my mom is dying. Well, I thought your mom died. Well, she's dying again. I've got to go. Like I just like my house is on fire. I just got diagnosed with cancer. The the world is. I I just got to get away from. I do not want to talk music with Christians. It almost inevitably ends in some kind of debate or struggle. I I will do everything to avoid the discussion. Because it just never goes well. 
So, um, so, but here I am <laughs> on, on June the 29th, and I'm going to talk about music. And the reason I'm going to talk about music is I saw an article talking about four, I, get, I don't know if they're new, because sometimes when Christians talk about music, their, their definition of new is not what you would typically consider new in the music world, but there are, they call them new releases, Four new releases from indie worship artists, or we could say four new indie worship albums. Now, when we say indie, independent means they're not a part of like maybe uh, a major label. They're not part of uh, obviously one of the big mega churches that control worship music. These are four new releases from indie worship artists, four new indie worship albums. Now, in the secular world, I love indie music. I love indie music. In the Christian world, I have at times tried to spend some time finding more of the smaller independent artists. They're not part of like, you know, Bethel, Hillsong, you know, El- uh, El- Elevation Church. Is it Ele- Elevation? I think it's Elevation Church. All of the, the major names in, in worship music. I try to stay, I try to stay away from all of that, obviously. So trying to find some of those more independent artists, I felt maybe you could get something more raw, more organic. And, 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 but I haven't spent a lot of time pursuing that because, well, there's a million other things I want to listen to. But I thought I would at least, what well, I, I thought it would be fun. I'm going to give you the name of these four albums, the name of the artist, and challenge you to go listen to them. And when you're done, you may go, those were trash, or you may go, well, those were pretty good. I don't know what your response is going to be. I haven't listened to them yet. But I'm promising myself this. I don't know if I'm going to get to it this week because my week is running out quickly. And the next week I'll be in Boston slash Salem. Um, when I get back from Boston slash Salem, um, I will then see if I can listen to this. And maybe we'll talk about one or two or maybe some lyrics of one of the particular songs or, or something about them. I thought it would be fun. But in the meantime, that gives you a week, a little bit more than a week. So listen to these four albums and and then email me and tell me what you think. Like I, ooh, these are horrible. Oh wait, I can't believe how good this one is. Wait, did you see the lyrics of track four? It was the most amazing thing ever. So I'm going to give you the names of these and hopefully you'll find them to be somewhat beneficial. Are you ready? Here, uh, the, first, you can read the article at Christianity Today. It was published on June the 27th, 2023. And here is what we read. While big name mega churches produce the bulk of music sung on Sunday mornings, independent musicians across churches, denominations, and musical styles are writing their own songs for their community to sing together and maybe ours one day too. Now, I do like the fact that they're not part of the big mega churches. That's good. I do like that they're independent. I do like the fact that it seems in many of these cases they're writing it for their quote unquote community, their churches, and but they're also sharing it on, well, I'm assuming streaming services because it appears at least most of these are available. I know on Spotify, I'm assuming they're available on all streaming services. I haven't looked. I don't know what music streaming service you use. Um, I don't know if it's Pandora. Uh, I don't know if it's Amazon. I don't know if it's Tidal, Deezer, Apple Music, Spotify, whatever you're using, you may want to go look. 
And here we go. This is what they say. Four recent releases. They say recent. I don't know how recent they are, but four recent releases by independent artists. Here we go. The first one is entitled, you may want to write this down, Gather, Pray, and Eat by Hey Barnabas. Gather, Pray, and Eat by Hey Barnabas. Now, I would love to be able to preview some of the music and like, like, hey, here's track number two. But, you know, copy, when it comes to music and copyright laws, you don't mess around with that. You don't mess around with that. Like other things you can use. Uh, typically you can use without too much conflict. Uh, one Christian podcast here, you know, went crazy on us when we were trying to promote their new podcast and we had to remove the content. They lost their minds on us. But, um, we, now I had, I had a college professor telling me that it was, fell within the legal requirements of fair use law, but I didn't want to argue with them. But when it comes to music, you're dealing with record companies and yeah, there's just no way. So, but I would challenge you to go listen and look it up. Here we go. Here's the first one. Gather, Pray, and Eat by Hey Barnabas. Gather, Pray, and Eat by Hey Barnabas. And, uh, well, you again, just listen and let me know your thoughts. Second one, right? Sunday morning songs. Hang on. What? Is that the name of the... Hang on, let me, let me look here. Give me a second here. That's weird. I'm trying to look at the the, the way this is written here. Gather, eat, and pray by Hey Barnabas. But it says, gather, pray, and eat by Hey Barnabas and Sunday morning songs. So is their name Hey Barnabas and Sunday morning songs? Where's the Sunday morning songs thing come from? I'm looking at the cover of the album. It just says, hey, Barnabas, gather, pray, and eat. Oh, the name of the album is Sunday Morning Song. No, wouldn't the name of the album be Gather, Pray, and Eat? What in the world? Someone explain this to me. Hang on. Where, where, uh. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand where the Sunday Morning Songs thing comes from. I'm looking at the album and it just says, gather, pray and eat by Hey Barnabas. Now on, at the very bottom, it says Sunday morning songs, but I don't know is, I, I don't, is Sunday morning songs the name of the band? But no, it's Hey Barnabas is the name of the band. Hang on. Oh, I know what I'll do. Hang on. I know what I'll do. I'm going to go to title. Now, I guess the name of the band is, okay, I guess there's maybe there's two bands that come together. Gather, Pray, and Eat by album by Hey Barnabas, Sunday Morning Songs. So it's Gather, Pray, and Eat. The album is uh, by Hey Barnabas, Sunday Morning Songs. The album was released on March the 17th, 2023. There we go. Took me once I looked at it on, on a music streaming service, it made sense. The way it's written there is confusing. Even when you go look at some of the information, it doesn't even make sense. But okay, all right, we worked through that one. I was like, that makes no sense. All right, but we're there. We're good. We're good to go. So the first album, first indie worship album that I want you to challenge you to go listen to and give me your detailed feedback. 
Gather, Pray, and Eat by Hey Barnabas and Sunday Morning Songs. I guess there's two groups that come together for, for this. All right. Second, A Table by St. Augustine's Music. A Table by St. Augustine's Music. A Table by St. Augustine's Music. Right, the cover looks kind of cool. It's a table with some candles. I guess it kind of looks kind of in a minimal minimalistic way. Kind of cool, maybe. I'm not a big fan necessarily of the cover for uh, "Hey Barnabas, Gather, Pray and Eat," but okay, you can you can look at this. All right. Um, the next one is, yeah, they got some lyrics. I would like to read some of the lyrics, but we'll we'll talk about these albums later. The second one is "A Table" by Saint Augustine's Music. St. Augustine's music. Now, it's really cool that they're using St. Augustine. That, that's pretty cool, right? I mean, St. Augustine, I mean, some very, very important person in church history, right? Okay, here we go. So the first album, Gather, Pray, and Eat by Hey Barnabas and Sunday Morning Songs. Second, A Table by St. Augustine's, uh, St. Augustine's music. Next, Psalms, The Poetry of Prayer by Caroline Cobb. Psalms, The Poetry of Prayer by Caroline Cobb. Psalms, The Poetry of Prayer by Caroline Cobb. We need to be writing these down and go look them up. All right. Psalms, The Poetry of Prayer by Caroline Cobb. And then last but not least, Lent Hymns by Paul Zach. Lent Hymns by Paul Zach. So four new Indie worship albums. Number one, Gather, Pray, and Eat by Hey Barnabas and Sunday Morning Songs. I am sorry for the confusion there, but I was, when I'm looking at the album, I'm like, where's the Sunday Morning Songs? I don't even see them listed on the album. And then I see, okay, at the very bottom, it's really weird. Second, A Table by St. Augustine's Music. Number three, Psalms, The Poetry of Prayer by Caroline Cobb. Next, Lit Hymns by Paul Zach. Now, they say these four recent releases offer new music to accompany and facilitate worshipful worshipful celebration, intimacy, mourning, thanksgiving, and supplication. These independent worship artists have a foot in both worlds. They write for their local congregations, but also hope that their songs reach worshipers they'll never meet. Independent artists add a diversity and depth to the repertoire of music available to the church, providing a space for collaboration and contributions from a broader community of songwriters. We want to create a table, not another platform, said Eric McAllister, creative director of the worship collective Sunday Morning Songs. And there you have it. I would challenge you to at least listen to them and see what you think. See what you think. Now, what some of you are going to do is you're going to go look at a little bit about these groups and you're going to go, wait a minute, this group believes this and this group believes this and their theology is this. And this is why the world of Christian music is a never ending world of battle and fighting. Because what do you do if someone puts out a good song, right? But they're basically their, their theology is completely whacked and they're basically heretics. It's Christian music. So don't you have to judge the music based off the doctrinal position the performers are giving you, especially if it's worship music? 
See, when secular music, you don't, obviously they're lost. So, you know, who cares? And they're not singing about God. But when someone starts singing about God, doesn't their theology of God matters? If you're listening to a Christian band sing about God and you find out that their oneness, their their modalism, Sabellianism, they reject the doctrine of the Trinity. Do you still want to listen to them sing about God? Because they're not singing about your God. See, that's where Christian music becomes this love-hate relationship. You're like, oh, that's a really cool song. Yeah, they're written by modalists. Oh, okay, never mind. Never mind. Okay, never mind. Hey, oh, that's a beautiful song. Yeah, it's written by a full-blown Pelagian who uh, believes you can lose your salvation and, and you know, doesn't believe in the substitutionary sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. Okay, well, never mind. Okay, okay. Like, you know, like, does it matter or do you just ignore that and go, la, 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 la. I'm just going to judge the song based on the words in the song. And if the words in the song are okay, I don't care about who they are. So that that's that that adds a whole dimension. So I, I look, I have no idea about anything about these bands, or and, and in some ways, I don't even want to know. But I thought it would be just a fun experiment. Here's some independent artists. Let them get a little bit of attention. You can get away from Hillsong, Bethel, Elevation. I don't know the others. I always forget the others. There's like four or five that control basically the entire Christian music world. I think there's four or five uh, mega churches. We, d- we did a podcast about it that basically control like 90% of the worship music you hear. So you can get away from that. You can hear something brand new, maybe something unique, hopefully creative, hopefully well-produced. Hopefully it sounds good. Hopefully some great, meaningful, powerful lyrics, and hopefully you find some spiritual benefit in it. All right. Four brand new indie worship albums. They are number one, Gather, Pray, and Eat by Hey Barnabas and Sunday Morning Songs. Number two, A Table by St. Augustine's Music. Number three, Psalms, The Poetry of Prayer by Caroline Cobb. And number four, Lent Hymns by Paul Zach. These four albums, I know I sound like I'm promoting them, but I'm just reading the article, offers new music to accompany and facilitate worshipful celebration, intimacy, mourning, and thanksgiving, and supplication. I would love for you to listen to them and give me your thoughts. I don't know what your journey has been with Christian music. Many of you do not have such strong feelings as I have about it, but... um, See, someone just says the theology definitely matters to me if I listen to Christian music. And see, that's the issue. That's the never-ending drama because then you're like, oh, this new album. Well, wait, what do we know about them? What church do they go to? They don't even go to church. Okay. Well, what do they believe? You do, In many cases, you never know. So then you're like, I listen to it until I find out. Yeah, that uh, that that's one of the... But I do believe it matters to some level. Was it Phillips, Craig, and Dean? I believe it was Phillips, Craig, and Dean. I don't, let's scratch that. Since I don't have information in front of me, I don't want to say. There was a popular Christian group and then come to find out they were basically modalists. They were oneness Pentecostal. They were, they did not believe in the doctrine of the Trinity. And, um, I, and then you're just kind of like, and then when you would call the Christian radio stations about it, they would basically like, yeah, so who cares? I'm like, what do you mean? So who cares? They're singing about God. You want me to listen to them for praise and worship. They're not singing about my God because my God is one God coexisting three distinct persons who are co-equal and co-eternal. Right? Like, come on. If they deny the doctrine of the Trinity, they're either God is triune or he is not. And if they deny the triune God, then they deny the true God. So then I'm listening to worship music by someone worshiping a false God. 
No, and people say well, that you're taking it too far. No, I'm not. And it's weird. Christians will get more upset about what, you know, Ooh, look what they did on the Grammys. They sang unholy. It was ungodly. And wh- wh- do you not care about the theology of Christian music? So then like, it, it's just such a weird, like, how do you manage? And, and, and it creates, and that's why the Christian music world has had so many, like they, they've, they've had some success, but in some ways it implodes because it always just turns into this divisive stuff. Well, no, 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 no. You can't play that kind of music. And no, no, no. You can't use that kind of beat. And no, you can't sing. No, you can't move that way. No, your theology has to be there. And there's so many demands on Christian artists and the Christian music world that it just becomes like, I don't know how you ever make it work. To me, it would be better just, I'm an artist. I'm a musical artist. I'm not a, I'm not a minister. I'm just a musician and I'm a Christian. And so Christianity will show up in my lyrics. But when you produce worship music, then that's a whole new level because now you're trying to lead people into worship of God. Well, okay. Remember that whole worship according to truth concept, worship and truth. What what truth? Yeah, it raises all kinds of questions. But here are four albums. I'm going to do my best to listen to them. I don't know if I'll get any of them listened to between now and I leave for Boston. But if something falls through in that trip, then I will make this a, a, a priority. First thing, if I get back, I'll try to make this a priority. And someone remind me because I'll get back and I'm going to be like, oh, I haven't broadcast for a w- five days. It's the end of the world. I'm 17 years behind. I give up. I'm never going to be doing. Oh, I got to broadcast this. And someone will be like, hey, remember that podcast you did about music? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. All right. So one more time. I've given you plenty of time now. I've given you 37 minutes to find something to write with. Gather, Pray, and Eat by uh, by Hay of Barnabas and Sunday Morning Songs. And I apologize that that confused me so much just because I was looking at the cover and I'm like, there's no Sunday Morning Songs. And then you see it's kind of down there in the middle. But I, the way my screen was, I just saw on the cover, Hey Barnabas, Gather, Pray, and Eat, and then the list of all the songs. I'm like, well, where's Sunday Morning Songs? Okay. All right, but there we go. You can tell I'm obviously not as knowledgeable of Christian indie bands. We can talk secular indie bands. I can do a little bit better. Okay, all right, here we go. Gather, Pray, and Eat by Hey Barnabas and Sunday Morning Songs. Number two, A Table by St. Augustine's Music. Number three, Psalms, The Poetry of Prayer by Caroline Cobb. And next, Lent Hymns, or last but not least, Lent Hymns by Paul Zach. You should be able to find them on your streaming service of choice. Please listen. And I want your, I, I want your honest feedback. I would love to get what people think. And when it comes to music, you're never going to get two people to agree. They'll be like, I can't stand it. And I'll be like, oh, it's the most beautiful thing ever. Especially within the Christian music, within Christian world. Yeah, I don't know what happens. I've often said I think Christianity damages people in unspeakable ways when it comes to music. Right? But that's neither here nor there. Okay, It's like, hey, just because it's Christian, you do realize you can be honest about its quality, right? You do realize that. And it's almost like, no, 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 it's Christian. All that matters is the message. No, it's music. So what matters is the music, right? Isn't the music just as important as the message? Because if it's just about the message, couldn't they just not preach it instead of putting it to music? Okay, but I I digest. I, I digest. I digress. All right. But that is hard to digest for some people 
because they, 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 it's really hard. Well, they said, Jesus, it has to be a good song. No, not necessarily. Jesus, perfect, eternal son of God. The song, <laughs> not trash, right? Okay. In other words, and, and people have a hard time digesting how that actually works. But I don't want to digress any further than I already have. All right, there you go. I would love to get your feedback. News, if at yahoo.com. News, if at yahoo.com. That's news, if at yahoo.com. What is your relationship to the Christian music world? Love? Hate? Indifferent? Did you have a messy breakup? Are you never getting back together again? Taylor Swift. Okay, never mind, never mind. Okay, now I'm just going to start making musical references, right? I'm just going to start making musical references, right? Okay, now I was getting ready to start quoting all kinds of lyrics. I'll stop, I'll stop, I'll stop myself in the name of love. Okay, no, stop it, stop it. You got to, you got to stop. Okay, <laughs> never mind. Now I'm going to start quoting Vanilla Ice. No, stop. I got to, I got to stop myself. All right, someone, someone pull the plug in this, in this. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. Email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. And I promise you, it won't be returned to send. Oh, now I'm going Elvis. Okay, stop. All right, everyone have a great day. God bless.